0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to part two of a poet's virtual seder on Poetry Superhighway Live. We didn't actually intend for this to be two parts, but due to a scheduling error, error, the uh, first part was only uh, slated to be one hour. So Blog Talk Radio, being as efficient as it is, uh, immediately ended the, the live broadcast. Uh, uh, after one hour, part one, so uh, we did hear all of Howard uh, Kamner's poems. If you missed the end of it because you were listening live, you can definitely click on the on the archive and the whole thing is recorded there. And you can hear the all of uh, Howard's uh, Ten Plagues poem as well as um, the, the ending of that part of the show. But welcome to part two. It's good to have you. We have several more poets left to go, reading poems from the book of Poets' Haggadah which came out last year on Ain't Got No Press. It's a book that I edited. Uh, did I mention my name is Rick Lupert. I'm uh, Rick Lupert. I'm the uh, editor of Poets Agata and the host of Poetry Superhighway Live, and um, which, of course, is the uh, uh, official blog talk radio station of the Poetry Superhighway. Uh, normally, we have an open reading every month where people are invited to call in and read their work. And this special show revolves around the book of Poets Agatha, where 36 poets from all over the world have reinterpreted the traditional Passover text in uh, really unique, interesting, and fun ways. So we've got uh, poets left calling from uh, still all over the world. We're going to hear from Israel, Texas, uh, perhaps other parts of the United States, and we're going to start right now in uh, the Los Angeles area with Julia Stein. Hi, Julia. Oh, hi. Um, welcome aboard. Are you? Um, are, I, I know you teach at Santa Monica College. Do you live in Santa Monica?
2: No, I live in East Hollywood.
1: East Hollywood, okay. Great. Well, um, you are, are one of the two people who have two poems in the book, uh, so congratulations.
2: Oh, thank you very, very much. I feel honored to be included.
1: I was uh, honored that you submitted work, so uh, coming up uh, uh, next we'll we'll hear from, from some other folks and hopefully they'll they'll call in so we can put them right on the air after you're done. So which poem would you like to read first?
2: I'd like to read Shifra Talks to Her Friend Pua. Okay. Um, Shifra and Pua were the two midwives who saved Hebrew babies from the Egyptians, and this is from a book of mine called Shalamas, which is in the voices of Jewish women from the Bible to present times. So Shifra is talking to her friend, Pua. Where do my words come from? It's a mystery. When the Egyptian soldiers bound us and dumped us in the throne room, I was mute. Just heard Pharaoh's voice thunder and order to us to kill Hebrew boy babies. At the next birth, I held the male baby in my hand. When he cried, you look at him so terrified. The words jumped out of my mouth. We'll hide him and his mother in the cave near Goshen. The soldiers came again, tied us with chains. In the palace they made our faces lick the floor. Pharaoh said in icicle tones, Why have you let the male children live? His words froze my bones. For the first time I raised my head, stared at an old man, wizened and ugly in a purple shroud. My words swelled up. The women hide them and give birth before we come. Pharaoh waved us away, Pua, I never knew where my words come from. Only I must obey them now. Let's watch the Hebrews put on the roof of their two stone put on the roof of the two stone houses they build for us houses sweet as dates, sturdy as the pyramids.
1: We sure do good work, don't we?
2: <laughs> I hope to try.
1: There's a lot of, uh, you know, it, it's virtually unrelated, if you will, but uh, in the, uh, here in the, the San Fernando Valley where I live, uh, uh, my wife and I bought a house a few years back, and when we were getting uh, bids from contractors, uh, completely unintentional, and most of the people who contacted us were, were Israelis, and I, I guess that um, the experience of building goes back a, a hell of a long way.
2: Oh, thousands of years, thousands and thousands and thousands of years.
1: Do you have anything you want to share about that poem, or your your impetus behind writing it? I know it's in a, a part of a bigger collection.
2: Um, I basically I just uh, the bigger collection. I was interested in listening to these voices of these women, and focusing on these women voices from the Bible to the present times. And this is one of the ones that really fascinated me. Uh, the sense of, I guess, resistance to oppression in shifra and Pua, which I, to me is at the key of the whole Passover Seder. And so I guess the poem just goes into that resistance. I mean, sometimes we don't even know where it comes from. We don't We feel we have that power within us, but then we do and we discover it at, in our actions.
1: No doubt. That's an interesting take on the, on the Passover Seder. I, I mentioned earlier, I guess my take it, on it is It's really the the whole Avadim Hayinu thing, but uh, but uh, I guess Shifra and Pula were really seizing freedom in in their own way before we were actually free.
2: Right, right. I thought they were precursors to the whole exodus, and that they were the first to resist, and that they should be on. I mean, and that they're sort of cited over that they did resist, they did hide the Hebrew babies, they did defy Pharaoh, and they were two women, and they were extremely vulnerable, and they were. I think, they, I think they should have been honored, and I really wanted to explore how they felt in the poem, or I, how, how I imagined they felt.
1: Great. Well, I think you did a great job of that. So let's get to your second poem, Miriam's Song.
2: Uh, yeah, Miriam's Song. Um, uh, the question is, we all know from the, um, from the Torah what, um, what Moses did, but what was Miriam doing, his sister, who is also a prophet? Miriam's song, I swept the house clean through nine plagues, swept when Moses turned the river into blood, swatted at frogs frogs all day in the Egyptians' kitchen, chased frogs in the bedrooms, whacked at them on the beds, jumped after frogs in the kitchen. Next, I cleaned off lice from the heads of the Egyptians. When my brothers sent flies, the Egyptians had me stand over their meals and beds swatting and swatting and swatting its flies. After the Lord killed their cows, we laughed, even as we smelled that horrible stench. Then I spent hours wrapping up the boils all over the Egyptian skin, rejoicing. The Egyptians made us women go into the fields, round up their cattle, drive them into the barns, lock the doors against the pounding hail. The day the locusts devoured the plants, I swept my house and swept three more days that the Egyptians sat in darkness, for only we had light. Before the tenth plague, I swept once more, then roasted lamb and cut up bitter herbs we ate, remembering four hundred years of slavery. That terrible night the angel of death Death screeched and screamed as he flew over our houses on his bloody way to kill the Egyptian sons. We were leaving, so I baked my bread, unleavened, packed clay crockery, black pots onto a rickety cart. I wanted to smash the pyramids. We'd built them well. They'd last. A pity. At the Red Sea, after we climbed onto the land and saw Pharaoh lead his chariots into a gap, riding between two huge cliffs of water, when mountains of water crashed down on them, I called the women who came with cymbals and drums, come, come, dance with me, dance with me, for now we are flying into freedom.
1: Nicely read, Julia. Oh, thank you. Do you want to tell us anything about that piece?
2: Um, Again, as I introduced it, I was really interested in Miriam, because I knew she was a prophet, and I knew she had, in the, uh, it says in the Torah, that she had led the women in dancing after they crossed the Red Sea. And there was one other, um, there was one other story about uh, Miriam that when they had to cross Sinai, she was the one who found water. She always found a well. I wrote another poem about that. But I was always saying, what were the women doing during these four plagues? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, during the 10 plagues. Uh, what were they thinking? What were they feeling? I mean, what were the sort of the... And I, then I realized um, the women are probably cleaning up. So I wrote the poem.
1: <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, Miriam, it's, that's one of my favorite visions from the Passover uh, story. And in, in my life outside of uh, blog talk radio and the Poetry Superhighway, I'm involved with Jewish music, and, and there's... Uh, you know, a fairly famous song in that world, Miriam's Song, written by Debbie Friedman, which is always a favorite of, of everyone who, who I, I sing it with. And I just sang it today a couple times this morning, as a matter of fact. So it's uh, one of my, you know, favorite visions, and I'm really happy to have that piece in the book.
2: Oh, thank you. I didn't know there was a song from Miriam. I'd love to hear it.
1: Oh, well, you know what? Send me an email and remind me, and I will point you in that direction. Um, it's, a, it's a fun song. It's by Debbie Friedman, who I don't know if you're familiar with, but she's one of the... Uh, uh, the godmother of, of, of modern American Jewish music has been writing music and melodies, which has been uh, which have been sung for three decades now at camps and and at synagogues uh, all over the world. Really, um, a lot of fun.
2: Oh, I'd love to hear that song. Oh, that's uh, that's amazing. Uh, I will definitely do that. Hey.
1: Uh, okay, well. Do you, is there a, do you have a website or someplace that people can uh, can check out your work?
2: Uh, Red Room, Julia Stein. Uh, Red Room is a writer's website, and I have a page there of a blog. But also I put up – I do, I take photo, photographs. So some of my uh, photographs are up there and videos I like. And there's information I have four books out. Uh, and this book is uh, – these two poems are for Shalamus. So they can – and my biography up. So they can – Oh, yeah, and they can order the books through Amazon.com. So if they want to hear more of these poems about Jewish women, they could get it through uh, the book Shalama through Amazon.com.
1: And how do you spell the the title of the book?
2: S-H-U-L-A-M-I-T-H.
1: Great. Well, Julia, thank you so much for calling in, and, uh, and it's great having your work in the book.
2: Oh, thank you very, very much.
1: My pleasure. Uh, that's, uh, Julia Stein from, uh, right here in, uh, in, in Southern California, East Hollywood, uh, a newly incorporated city, apparently. Um, all right, we've got some, some more people from the book, A Poet's Haggadah, on the line. If you are one of the poets, uh, from the book who haven't, uh, read yet, please call in now. I, I know, uh, breaking the show into two parts has, uh, thrown us off a bit, but we are still here, and, uh, I want to make sure that we have the opportunity to put everyone on the air um, who, uh, who is in the book, who said that they would call in today. Um, and uh, I see a caller uh, whose phone number I don't recognize. And I won't get to you right now. 972526 is how it starts. If that's you, if you could send me an email and let me know who you are so I can refer to you by your name and not by a, a number and make sure I'm getting uh, getting everyone um, in the right order. We're, we're taking people in the order that you appear in the book for the most part, and it kind of is, is modeled after the actual... Uh, poets uh, after the actual Haggadah. So I, I, you know, I'd hate for us to be in the middle of the meal and then suddenly to have to hear about plagues again, if you know what I mean. And, and I do want to know who you are. Uh, uh, we Jews get kind of itchy when we get referred to by numbers, so um, I hope you'll understand. Um, right now, we are going to move. Uh, well, we're not moving, per se. I'm, 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 I, I hate moving, uh, packing up all your stuff. It's a hassle. But uh, we're going to go right now uh, to Texas and say hi to Jonathan Penton. Hi, Jonathan.
3: Hello, Rick. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, thanks. Great to hear your voice.
3: Right, good to hear yours.
1: <laughs> so you are the, uh, the other lucky one who has uh, two poems in this book.
3: Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, you took two of my poems. Hmm? Sorry?
1: How did you swing that?
3: How did I swing it? Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's not really appropriate for on-air conversation. It's kind of a, you know, hush-hush thing.
1: I understand. Yeah. I understand. So um let's see. Um you uh you're you're in El Paso, right? That's correct. And uh, your first poem is called Maror, which is uh which is bitterness. Um uh, mm-hmm. Howard Kamner, who read uh, earlier in the program talked about how he was always assigned the um, the bitter uh the bitter bitterness uh, part of the poem and so he tried to to to, uh, to get back by uh, by writing the the Wicked son. Uh, piece, so um, interesting yeah. your, uh, your take
3: on it. Okay. Um, it's, it's indirect, but it was never not associated with the Seder in my mind. Um, yeah, it's just called Maror. Every okay. night, hmm? every night I think of your betrayal and the bitterness floods my bag to form a heavy shelter that protects me from my enemies. It warms me in dead desire. And every morning I tear my shelter down. I think only of the warmth of your body, so that I might freeze in the desert sun. I carve your name into the flesh of murderers to share with them the freshness of my wounds.
1: Definitely indirect, but, uh, but, but definitely bitter as well, I can connection, but connection, uh, but uh, uh, draw it out for us.
3: You know, it's a 10-line poem, and the next one is six lines, and um, I'm afraid if I tried to explain why I connected them to the Seder, that they'd um, go so far beyond the actual length of the poems. You know, I mean, either um, it works for you or it doesn't. Um, that, but like I say, that one was never something that I did not associate with the Seder. I wrote it about a year before um, your call for the book went out, and it was always something that I associated um, with the Seder. Um, it is in my book, Prosthetic Gods, which is put out by Nursen's Press, which is a wonderful press out of Toledo, Ohio.
1: Fantastic. So um, your, your second poem, uh, After Dan Savage.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll explain who that is. It's um, Dan Savage is a sex advice columnist, and he did um, an article on um, responding to a book um, which um, posited that Women had no sex drives, and um, as a gay man, he didn't feel comfortable addressing that directly. So he had writers address it, um, and it was um, it was very funny. But he is probably a sexual materialist, um, and to me, when when you start talking about women having no sex drives, it jumps immediately to um, uh, the quest for spirituality, which um, yeah. So I went from there um, after Dan Savage. <coughs> What knowledge in this box of Doritos and religion, what is it you try to remember? Having never tasted the infinite, why are you waiting for eternity to resume?
1: If only matzah could taste as good as Doritos.
3: Oh, I I don't like that. Those those, those things are creepy. You know, all that powder that gets, at least with matzah you can can, um, remember the color of your fingers afterwards.
1: You know, I I'm, I'm not sure what sentences can legitimately begin with at least with matzah.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, at least with matzah, you don't have to worry about going to the bathroom for the next two weeks. You know what I'm saying? And that's <laughs> may, maybe that one, but that's uh, <laughs> that's about it. Um, cool. Any anything you want to add in in terms of connecting it to to Passover?
3: Um, no, that's um, uh, you picked that out, and or, or I I um, submitted it as. Uh, an association with finding the F.A. Komen, which perhaps seeking the F.A. Common might be more accurate. Um, it's, you know, lingers kind of unresolved, but yeah, that's, that's it. It's finding the F.A. Common. It seemed like a fit to me um, when you sent out the call for submissions.
1: Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, so Jonathan, I know you've got a, a website and you, you publish other people's poetry and other types of artwork as well. You want to tell us a little bit about it?
3: Sure. I'm not very pro, a very prolific writer, but for the last 11 years, I've been publishing a website at unlikelystories.org, and it is a very eclectic. Um, it used to be kind of neo-pulp, underground transgressive stuff, and now it's a very eclectic mix of um, poetry, fiction, creative nonfiction, um, political and cultural essays, reviews, interviews, visual art, and we do short film, and when we review a musician, we'll put up a couple of their tracks as well.
1: That's great. Well, tell us the website one more time.
3: Unlikelystories.org
1: Cool. Well, it's, a, it's a great site, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be, have, a, have a couple of uh, poetry videos uh, featured there. Um, we did, yeah. We
3: very recently put up on some of the audiovisual poetry.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, um, great. Thank you. I'm really happy to have you part of uh, the anthology, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to call in today.
3: Oh, my pleasure. Good to talk to you.
1: Let me ask you, uh, now that uh, Bush is back in Texas,
3: uh, what what are things like there? Um, I am closer to you than him and Miles. Really? Yes. Te- um,
1: Texas is just too large, if that's the case. It, it is.
3: It is. But, you know, um, I, I don't really think about him. Um, um, a friend of mine called El Paso, the part of Mexico that very cleverly p- pays Texas to Washington. And, um, yeah, he's just... Um You know, when he was President, I had no choice but to think of him. Um, uh, rest assured that our current governor is also an incompetent ass, um but yeah, other than that, you know it's not something I think. About.
1: all right, well, I didn't mean to bring him up then um, <laughs> good Good to talk with you and um and uh, and thanks for reading and and uh, please visit unlikely stories to check out more thanks for have a good one. That was uh, Jonathan Penton calling from El Paso, Texas. Um, so far left, we have the poem. I'm going to go uh, first to Helen Barlev from Matula, Israel, and then Jake Marmer from uh, New York City, and hopefully uh, Misha Weidman will will uh, be on as well uh, in a couple of uh, minutes. I've got a couple of phone numbers I, I don't recognize, so I may have to introduce you in odds way in odd ways, and uh, and we'll see uh, if, if it's the right person online. Um, technology has only uh, taken us so far. So as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, and and uh, at the beginning of part one of the show, we have poets uh, in this book, a Poet's Haggadah from all over the world, and uh, uh, from South America, and from uh, Israel as well. Um, so Helen Barlev is an Israeli poet who lives in Matula, Israel, and her poem also, A Full Moon, appears in the book. and. Uh, uh, perhaps because of the time difference um, or for other reasons she wasn't able to be with us live but she um, sent an mp3 of her poem uh, after a full moon which I'm going to play now so uh, this part of the uh, Seder comes, uh, uh, comes right after the eating and this is connected to giving thanks so this is Helen Barlev uh, from Israel reading her poem also a full moon
0: also a full moon here in Spain there is also a full moon and the hotel celebrates our exodus from the Holy Land five long days ago with dishes of calamari and other seafood delicacies flamenco dancing is an after-dinner delight the full moon and I eye each other he chastises me what are you doing here when you should be home in your Jerusalem, and not in Spanish exile. Don't you realize how difficult it was for the Lord to get you out of Egypt, that it was not easy to move the earth and the heavens to part waters, and you, in your gratitude, flee to Spain, from which you were forced to exodus five centuries ago, to which your kin were forbidden to return by rabbinical proclamation, and this whole land screams it, its history repeats its stupidity, ad infinitum, and to this country you come for the convenience of ignoring the commemoration of that other evil exodus from Egypt five centuries plus three thousand years ago, before the fact of Christ entered any contemporary imagination, before Queen Isabella claimed Christ enticed her to rape the Americas, You Jews, you know this. Every molecule of you senses it. It has entered your bloodstream, your collective Jewish memory. It explodes your emotions, pellets your conscience. And here you thought you would find a peaceful vacation in this nation. Alien? Go home, says the full moon. Soon, I say. Soon. Well, that was
1: Helen Barlev. I wish she could be with us live so I could uh, uh, ask her about her poem and and talk live with with someone from from Israel here on the show. But uh, times being what they are, that is time differences being what they are, uh, that wasn't possible. But I'm so uh, happy, Helen, that... uh, uh, if you're listening to this later on in the archive, that uh, you were able to create that MP3 and send that beautiful uh, reading of that beautiful poem into us. Um, if you'd like to hear more from Helen Barlev, uh, you can check out her uh, website, which is helenbarlev.com. That's H-E-L-E-N-B-A-R-L-E-V.com. Uh, she's involved with a poetry in Israel. She's a, a watercolor and uh, a landscape artist as well. Um, uh, well worth, uh, well worth checking out, and um, and can't recommend her enough. Um, and a frequent participant in uh, various poetry superhighway projects as well, including uh, her poem, which is in a poet's Haggadah. All right, I see. Uh, we have uh, calling from uh, Princeton, West Virginia. We have Sal Butacchi on the line. Sal, are you there? Yes,
4: I am. How you doing, Rick?
1: I'm good. It's good to hear your voice. I. Uh, uh, we have to go out of order, I guess, because of the the breakup. But it's good to uh, we're actually going back into the meal portion of the uh, of the seder with your poem, saying the blessing over the matzah. But I think I think that's fine because Jews are always happy to return to eating. <laughs>
4: yeah, so much like the Italians, right?
1: Yeah, we have a lot in common with the Italians. Yes, we surely do. You know, I hear I hear my voice in the background. There, are you, do you have the computer speaker up?
4: No. Are you, no,
1: you're on Skype. That's right. Okay, so. Uh, we're just doomed to hear the second.
4: Is it better now?
1: Um. Yes, yes it is. Okay. Right, I no,
4: walked. No, no. Yeah, I walked away from the computer, so I. I'm okay. All right. right. So,
1: we'll, well, let's hear your phone.
4: Okay, saying the blessing over matzah. A God who tends to our daily needs created us out of dirt and dust, not because. He was lonely. He breathed life into Adam and Eve for love's sake, to share his world with humanity, and despite the Eden betrayal, his love remains undiminished. In the desert, he caused manna to rain on the heads of the starving, the hopeless. He sent angels to guide us in righteousness, prophets to keep us rooted in our faith. O blessed are you, King of the Universe. We have done so little to merit your boundless charity. This matzah we eat, this seder of remembrance, remind us you are the light of our existence. Without you, we stumble in darkness. Every breath, every word from our lips, our prayers delivered to your heavens. That's
1: it. Now that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I, I feel like starting the Passover uh, meal right now after that moment.
4: You know something, I'm going to tell you, um, I'm a Christian. And all,
1: okay.
4: of, all of your Torah is in our Old Testament, so we are all really in the same, um, more, we're, we're kind of like on the same cloud, you know? But I want to just say this, no matter what we write, you know we poets who think we we, we have it all together, no matter what we write, we can 't even come close to the love that God has for us it 's just it 's it's, it's like a worthless uh, verbal attempt, you know, but right. we try, but we try it 's all we can do
1: well, ma- many things are incomprehensible in their infiniteness, and uh, I think uh, that 's certainly one of them and uh, Sal, I really appreciate you, you being a part of the book and wanting to participate in it. As I mentioned, we, you know, we have people from all cultures and faiths, and, and well, all is not correct, but, but many different cultures and faiths, and I think it's an interesting read for everyone, and it's certainly appropriate to have your work uh, in, in the book, and I appreciate that you, you called in.
4: Well, I'm, I'm honored to be in the book.
1: Um, do, do you have a, a website or anything you want to plug before we get on to our next caller?
4: Yes, um, I can give you that, uh, www.goCities.com/sambpoet slash sambpoet, S-A-M-B, poet, uh, slash.
1: Great, so please check out that if you want to hear more work from uh, from Sal uh, Butachi. Thanks so much for calling in again.
4: Rick, take care of yourself, and thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank
4: you. Right. God bless you.
1: You too. That's uh, Sal Butanchi calling from Princeton, West Virginia. Uh, we are now moving to Jerusalem. I, I mistakenly uh, thought that uh, Jake Marmer was uh, in New York City, but I understand that you're in Jerusalem right now, Jake.
5: Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right.
1: Are you are you visiting there, yeah. or are you, are you actually based there?
5: My wife and I are spending a year here.
1: Oh, but fantastic. otherwise,
5: we're from New York. Huh?
1: That, that's great. Um, I, you know, I, I, I lamented earlier uh, that I couldn't speak with someone live from Israel as part of this. Um, and I got, you know, the MP3 from Helen uh, Barlev. And apparently I was wrong. Jerusalem has called.
5: Yes. Sleepy Jerusalem is on the line.
1: It, yeah, it's not exactly the city that, that doesn't sleep uh, like New York City.
5: So I, I well, <laughs> okay. people go
1: your, your poem is one of uh, the couple that appear kind of in the last section of the book that are kind of equated with, with the general theme of, of hope, Haye Olam, um, and uh, I'd love to hear it.
5: Here it is. Mishabarach, it's the post-blessing list of relatives. He rattles them most like gunfire a dozen patrimonial shots. Then, a first cousin, second cousin, a battalion of great ants, neighbors, and their battalion of great ants, heavily breathing maiden names, fake passports, pseudonyms, kinky monikers, doppelgangers, father ghosts, all the typing, noise making maidens from around the world, gilgold treetops, shook. Prophets, tomato prophets swinging their produce, alter egos separated at birth and never reconciled. All the cross ocean media, all the screaming Jewish names, the Nobel laureate stillborn, the stillborn pushing further and further back, rowing millions. And it's the peacock tail of the pie in which we notice ourselves and begin shouting. Yes, we're shouting. We're shouting like the roosters and the bears, shouting from across the ocean, from across the radio, dancing with ridiculous sit-ups, Ukrainian style. And the air is made out of Jewish names. Yes, the the air is made out of... All of our names, we notice ourselves. We're screaming, we're dancing, it's the Shaker Shuckling, sugared, God grilled tornado that jumps inside the very nice two minutes nice. of the Gabbai's mouth, which closes, and the man steps back to the side of the beam. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Jake. That was uh, very well read. Uh, um, Good poem. Um, uh, Do do you read poetry a lot? I mean, this can't be your first time.
5: Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I have a jazz poetry band. Sorry? I I have a jazz poetry band back in New York. It's called Frantic Turtle. And I'm performing with some people here in Israel also.
1: That's great. Is there a is there a good poetry scene in in Jerusalem? Are there events to go to? Is it is it Hebrew English? What's it like there?
5: Well, Jerusalem is very Anglo. There are a lot of people living here who speak English or are Americans. So um, the poetry scene is uh, pretty American, I would say. Yeah, uh, you can definitely get readings. Not so much performance poetry. Um, but yeah, there are definitely people in Tel Aviv also, there's a, there's a scene. Tel Aviv is more Israeli, you know, Hebrew. Well,
1: that's interesting. Um, so, uh, I mean, performance poetry uh, versus people standing up at a microphone and just reading their poetry, you mean uh, not in a performance style?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so,
1: I guess... Being from New York City, you, you, uh, is your, your jazz poetry collective, are they based there or is that something you do there in, uh, in Israel?
5: Well, I the band is back in New York, you know, so I'm taking hiatus from it for the year. But uh, I found some great jazz musicians here that I became friends with and we had two shows. It was fun.
1: That's wonderful. So um if people want to check out more of your uh more of your work, um do you have a website or anything?
5: Yeah, so there's the myspace for for the band and that's um Frantic turtle. <laughs> yeah. Well there's a, there's and, a um, Yeah, and um I guess the uh, me Amakim journal uh, is another place that I'm. I'm one of the editors for it, so uh, some of my stuff is on there. And it's M I M A M A A M A K I M dot org. It's a little heavy, like a little long, but that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's
1: a lot of M's and A's.
5: Yeah, spell, definitely spell enough. Spell, enough. It for,
1: spell it for us one more time.
5: All right, ready?
1: Yep.
5: M I dot org. Mima Amakim. It means from the depths.
1: Excellent. Well, I appreciate you reading uh, uh, your poem from, from your depths. It was really a great reading and I enjoyed it a, a lot and happy to have it uh, helping to close out the book.
5: Sweet. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Uh, and uh, get some sleep. What time is it in Jerusalem right now?
5: It's one o'clock. You know, it's one when of it's one of the later poetry readings that I've done.
1: <laughs> well, at least you can do it in your underwear, you know, from the the comfort of your own uh flat.
5: Actually I'm wearing jeans. Uh <laughs> if you really want to know.
1: <laughs> I, I did. I really did. Peace, hug some You too. It was uh Jake Marmer from New York City but actually uh, spending a year in Jerusalem. Uh, calling in, you could I guess hear his wife uh, uh, laughing in the in the background there when we got to the uh, underwear comments. I guess it's not really a poetry show unless uh, someone's underwear comes out. Uh, my wife is now walking out of the room in disgust. But uh, there you go. Um, we have one more poet uh, online, and it's uh, Misha Weedman from San Francisco. Hello, Misha.
6: Hi, Rick. How are you?
1: I'm I'm great. I'm, I know you had some trouble calling in, and I'm glad that. Uh, this finally
6: uh, worked out. Yeah, hopefully my cell phone won't die during the reading, but uh, let's give it a shot.
1: Well, let's go right into your poem.
6: Okay. It's entitled Passover in Loving Memory. We are lighting the candles, Muti. The table is set, the roasted egg and broken shank, the bitter herbs we dip in tears. We will tell the story of redemption, but you are not here. Now your veins are tubes through which the dark blood flows. Your lungs are drowning, your arms bloated and bruised. Yet still your your brow furrows when I bend to kiss your face. Your hand trembles, neither letting go nor holding on. Are you listening, Muti? Can you hear the cartwheels on the cobblestones, the geese in the yard? the great bells ringing out across the square? Were those the days, Mutti, though you never said so, when you ruled household and geschäft with cool efficiency and thrift? When you knew full well the figure you cut, so elegant and so severe, your dark hair up, your eyes burning, poised, alone? And when boots clattered in the town square and you shuttered up the store, When you passed your daughter through the last train's window and fled into the streets of Prague, when Europe was burning and the gates were shut, did you still think each day to braid your hair and pin it high, high up? We are eating the bread of affliction, Muti. We are recounting the exodus. So many dead, six million and the ten or so you called your friends. Do you hear them above the roar of your own blood, the gentle inrushing of your breath? And if neither the sweatshops of New York nor the palm trees of Los Angeles would yield their promise, if even with your fine new language you peddled furs in a dingy department store and slept each night in a Murphy bed off Miracle Mile, even then the neighbors bowed and let you pass the cousins in the mansions, the ones you'd cursed and fed, seated you at their table and held their breath. The door is closing and Elijah, if he has come at all, has gone. The machine turns and a sanctuary of blood is slowly cleansed of memory and pain. In the end, you grew not to care so much. The braided bun, your crown, was set aside then the beauty parlor was too far. My mother combed the wisps of hair away while you complained about the maid. The door is closing, Mutti. Sleep. We are here with you. Sleep. We will light the candles. Misha, it's such a
1: beautiful piece. I, I, you know, when you when you submitted, submitted it for the book, it was clear to me that this is the piece that needed to, uh, Needed to close the book. I mean, you know, like a like a Jewish service that always ends with the mourner's kaddish. You know, or a a component of memory. uh, In the same way, your your piece uh, serves that that uh, place in the poet's haggadah book, and it's it's just really wonderful.
6: Thank you so much, Rick. I'm I'm honored to to um, to have been published in the poet's haggadah and to have have taken that position.
1: Um, Do you? Is there any uh, background to the the piece that you'd like to share with us, or, uh, or is it something that you wrote for the book? Is it something that uh, came earlier that made sense for you to uh, submit to it, or tell us about?
6: It? Yeah, you know, I mean, it is uh, it is very much about my grandmother who. Um, Died a a, um, a decade ago, but she lived the better part of the 20th century. She was born in 1902 or 1903, and and um, died in 1998. And it it seemed to me, uh, it, I remember very well that um, the Passover that year, she was in hospital, and it was pretty clear that um, you know she she wasn't going to make it, and. Um, uh you know uh, it seemed to me that her life uh, really summed up um much of the 20th century and she really lived the um the jewish experience of of uh, you know central european coming to america and and you know if um she was luckier than many uh, in that she escaped the nazis but uh, i mean i think that passover is not only about about um escape and freedom, but but as you've said uh, about remembrance, and so it seemed to me that, that this was an appropriate thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A, a teacher who I had once named Avram Infeld, uh, a man who lives in Israel, directed Hillel for a while and other organizations, said that being a Jew is having a memory longer than your own life, you know, and it's uh, hmm. in, the, in the past, it's, it's uh, whether it's our own events or it's the historical events of the past, uh, you know, or stories from the Bible, we're supposed to not think of them as history, but as as memory, you know. And that's everywhere in the Haggadah uh, is about remembrance. It doesn't say, you know, when they crossed the sea or when the Israelites, it says when we, you know. It's, it's all about us and, and our, our memory of this. And I, I don't say that to be exclusionary of, of the other folks who aren't Jewish who are listening, because I, you know, I think anyone can can look at it in that way and and, and relate to the concepts of freedom and, and 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 the struggle to to get there. So um, I want to one other thing. You know, uh, last year we had a, a live in person event. Not that we're not live now, mind you, but a, an in person event at a venue here in in LA. And there was a chance that you were going to come to it, and and you weren't able to. And I, I closed out. The uh, poet's uh, in-person seder uh, by reading that piece, and I, I think I did okay. But uh, but your reading of it really uh, uh, really makes the poem uh, uh, even even more so. So uh, so thank you so much.
6: Thank you, Rick. Uh,
1: if people want to check out more of your work, is there a place that they could go?
6: Well, uh, you know, I've never really tried to get um, my poems published. I've been writing since I was a child. Um, I do have a a poem published in the online review, Malik Review, and and these days I am working somewhat harder at uh, getting some of uh, my poems uh, actually published in in publications. But these days um, I'm spending quite a bit of time uh, writing a real estate blog on, on San Francisco real estate, which is about as far away from poetry as you could get but I try to bring the same energy to it, it it's obviously not the same the same endeavor but, but I love to write and so people can check out um, my blog if they're interested in such things at um, pegasusventures.net um, or you can just uh, uh, google me uh, I did want to mention uh, Rick that my, my surname is spelled W-E-I-D-M-A-N not W-I-E-D-M-A-N it's it's correct in the book, but I think um, on Blog Talk Radio you might have listed it incorrectly. So um, either Pegasusventures.net or just Google Misha Weidman.
1: Oh, my apologies for that misspelling. I'm, I'm glad I got it right in the book. Um, I will see if I can fix that on the uh, <clears throat> wherever it appears on on the Blog Talk Radio site or the Poetsator uh, website as well. Um, cool. So please do check out uh, Misha's blog. Uh, uh, I'm sure if you're not particularly interested in real estate, it's a good place to get in touch with uh, you, Misha. Just to say, uh, hey, send me more of your poetry uh, uh, or something of that. I'd
6: love that. I'd love that.
1: Well, thank you for closing out our. Uh, thank you for closing out a poet's virtual seder with your piece.
6: Thank you so much, Rick. I really appreciate
1: it. My pleasure. Thank you. That's uh, Misha Wiedman from. Uh, San Francisco, California, uh, closing out the book uh, beautifully with his poem, Passover, in loving loving memory. Not just closing out the book, but closing out a virtual Seder. Well, it's been a great afternoon. Uh, We've had uh, lots of poets on from the book of Poets Haggadah. Um, If you're interested in getting a copy of the book, you can go to poetseder.com, that's P-O-E-T-S-E-D-E-R. Dot com and you can see who all the contributors uh, from the book are. There's 36 poets from all over the world. There's a link right there where you can order the book. Um, if you order the book, it goes uh, directly to me, and I, I ship it out right away. Um, yeah, you can also pick it up on, on Amazon, uh, if you'd like, and, and other places as well. Um, this has been um, a really wonderful evening. Our, our next broadcast of Poetry Superhighway Live will be Sunday, April 19th at 2 o'clock p.m. It'll be our next uh, worldwide open reading. So if you've enjoyed listening to all the poets in uh, Poets Haggadah, but uh, you've got your own poetry that you'd like to share, well, this is the show for you. We do it every single month. It's a monthly one-hour open reading right here on, on Blog Talk Radio. Um, and you can uh, get on my email list at, at poetrysuperhighway.com uh, to make sure that you don't miss the announcement of it, and that's uh, all times are Pacific, by the way. I'm uh, uh, West Coast-centric, so, uh, but, so you have to do the math on figuring out when it is. Um, again, uh, it's PoetrySuperHighway.com, or more about the book at PoetSeder.com. I want to thank everyone who called in, Peggy Landsman, Leslie Halpern, Ellen Maybe, Adam Schechter, Lynn Bronstein, Pam Ward, Beth Cantor, James Palacio, Julia Stein, Howard Kamner, Daniel Y. Harris, Uh, Sal Butacci, Jonathan Penton, um, Helen Barlev for uh, sending us her MP3, uh, Jake Marmer calling uh, all the way from Jerusalem, and uh, and Misha, Misha Weidman from San Francisco. Um, Thank you so much. I hope everyone has a great Passover season or whatever holiday you may celebrate. Uh, Have a lovely rest of your day.